0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Office of Personnel Management is out with next year's premium rates for the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. Employees and retirees will pay an average of 5.6 percent more toward their health care premiums next year. And that's a big bump compared to last year's historically low premium rate increases. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to break down just how much you'll pay next year And what some of the other features are coming to the FEHBP. And, Nicole, I guess the old law is true. You never escape taxes or increases in health care premiums.
1: No, it appears not. Um, And, in fact, the Office of Personnel Management just the other day uh, announced that federal employees, on average, will pay 5.6 percent more toward those health premiums. Like you mentioned, of course, this is an average, and that average includes national plans, local plans – And the plans total about 279. So it's really a wide range. This isn't the number you're going to be paying. It's just simply an average.
0: And there are relatively few national plans that people can choose from. So they compare those then to the many plans that might be offered in a given zone.
1: That's right. I believe the number of national plans is around 18. The Office of Personnel Management, of course, did, though, add two new national plans this year, They're considered indemnity benefit plans, which OPM says is an outdated term that it's forced to use based on regulations. But it basically means it's a fee-for-service plan. The Government Employees Health Association has been contracted to provide those two fee-for-service new nationwide plans this year. They went through the competitive bidding process. So those are two new options that feds will see this year if they, of course, choose to shop around and look for other options.
0: And that's always the big question that comes up every year is how many feds bother to do the shopping. And they just it's easy to default to continuing coverage with your existing plan, even though if you had the time to look at the 18 national plus however many are regionally available to you, you might find a better deal.
1: Right. You might find a better deal. And OPM, you know, continues to reiterate that fact. It's about 5 or 6% of the FEHBP enrollee population that changes their plan during any given year. OPM, again, says that it would like to see that number uh, go higher. They think 20 to 30% roughly could change their plan during any given year and often get a better deal. But of course, I believe it's inertia. And, you know, 279 plans. Of course, they don't apply to all of you. Many of them, like you said, Tom, are regional, but that's a lot of options.
0: All right. These new premium rates. Let's go through some of the details there.
1: So one of the big reasons that OPM gave this year for higher premium rates was uh, something called the Affordable Care Act Health Insurance Providers Fee that Congress waived last year and also waived in 2017, but did not suspend it this year. And they say that that fee is contributing about 2% to that overall premium increase for many enrollees this year. And they say that if that fee was waived, they think it would be a lot more closely aligned to what federal employees saw last year, which was only about a one3 to 1.5% increase in premium rates for 2019.
0: This is a fee that the providers pay to the government or that enrollees pay to the provider?
1: That the, that the carriers themselves pay to the IRS, essentially.
0: And then pass it along, basically, to the people that have insurance under them.
1: That's right. And of course, this fee isn't the only reason for the higher premium rates in 2020. I mean, OPM you know, brought up the continuing upward cost of prescription drugs, pharmaceutical costs as well. Of course, that's something that they have encouraged carriers to look at. They want carriers in general to... To you know, find ways to reduce those costs, rely less often on prescription drugs and, and pharmaceutical uh, costs as well. So that's another reason why we're seeing this increase.
0: We're speaking with Federal News Networks Nicola Grisco, and so just general higher fees for medicines and for provider services and general inflation in healthcare is the other two three percent besides this fee that they pay for the Affordable Care Act.
1: Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, as we should remind uh, FEHBP participants, the government does contribute actually a decent chunk to your health insurance every year. Uh, this year for 2020, they'll contribute an average of 3.2% toward more toward health premiums in 2020. So if you bring all those numbers together as yet another average, you could say on average, health insurance premiums will go up 4%. But again, Participants are really interested in that 5.6% average that they themselves will take on in 2020.
0: What are some of the other new features of FEHBP? You mentioned two new national indemnity plans, which sounds scary, that word, indemnity. It does. It sounds like double indemnity or something. You fall off a building. All right. But what else besides the new national plans?
1: So like I mentioned, 279 health plan options in 2020. That's 14 more than the previous year. It, yes, includes those two national plans I mentioned. But just overall, OPM is encouraging carriers to really focus again on expanding mental health and substance abuse disorder benefits in 2020. Telehealth, as we've reported, as it associates to the Veterans Affairs Department, is becoming more popular, and a lot of those services are also becoming popular in federal employee uh, benefits as well. There's also, OPM data shows, a declining trend in opioid usage among FEHB participants. That includes the total number of prescriptions that are handed out, as well as the quantity dispersed in those prescriptions, OPM says that's going down and they are encouraging carriers to continue that trend. As well, I think it's important to mention that a lot of carriers are rolling out what they're calling transparency tools. And those are tools that are supposed to show you really the specific costs of everything that you might experience while using this plan. OPM says 80% of carriers have rolled out that feature this year by this year and they expect the remaining 20% will come out with those features for the next year.
0: So a little bit more transparency into what you're buying, what you're paying for, and that makes it easier to compare plans if you decide to take the uh, evening activity for the week that it takes with your spouse or significant other to figure out exactly what it is you should be doing for your plan in the coming year.
1: That's right. And another feature that I would also point out is the Self Plus One plan, which, yes, still exists and actually has seen a little uptick in the number of people who are using it. It's 749,000 participants have enrolled in a self-plus-one plan to date. Again, OPM says that number is higher. Yeah, it, OPM says it could be higher, but that is better actually than 2018 with 710,000, and you know it just goes down from there. So they are slowly starting to see more people enrolled in these types of plans. Again, though, OPM says they believe the average self-plus-one participant is probably 40 and older which maybe isn't the demographic that really could benefit from this. Maybe the 20 to 30-year-old who might have a significant other is maybe the crowd they're going after. But for now, they are seeing those numbers increase.
0: Well, all of these companies have actuaries and they know exactly what you're going to cost them and how long you're likely to live, et cetera, et cetera. And so... Yes, the plus one people would much rather have younger, healthier people than those that are starting to get into that period where your health care costs go up.
1: Right. And that's why that's the reason that OPM gave why if you shop around, you might see some self plus one plans. They might be a little bit more expensive than the family plans, which might make you question why you should even bother. But I think OPM, again, is encouraging people to look around.
0: And just a detail on the opioid question that you mentioned. It sometimes gets lost in all the noise about opioids is that they actually benefit a great number of people that have acute pain and that medical institutions like the VA, who's leading the way in some of this uh, research, are finding much better ways to prescribe it safely and getting people off of it as soon as they are able to, which is a lot quicker than it used to be.
1: Yes. And to your point, alternatives for pain treatment, I think, is another focus that OPM is really pushing for some of these carriers. Like you said, yes, opioids can be beneficial to help you recover, treat pain, but they want carriers to explore alternatives as well.
0: And the open enrollment period goes to when?
1: It goes until December 9th this year, and open season begins November 11th.
0: Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her coverage of this at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online,